which is in the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the Bible talks about fear towards God more. I was, saying, I was so, so surprised when I was looking at the scriptures. Fear for God was so much more in scriptures than fear for other things. It actually talks about fear for other things. Just something small. But fear for God was it's so many scattered across the whole scriptures. So when you see the word of God, you exchange your, your fear for the faith or for the fear of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So let's look at doubt. Um, some definitions of doubt I saw. Interesting. So I want us to understand just something small about doubt. I'm sure you know something, but let's look at the word of God. Let's open to James 1.8. So there's this definition James gave about doubt. I mean, the word is double-minded. Someone who is double-minded. Let's look at what he says about the person who is double-minded. James chapter 1 verse 8. James chapter 1 verse As you go on. Okay. <laughs> he says that, let me paraphrase, the double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. All his ways, not some of his ways. All his ways. That means that every way the person goes. So as far as you are double-minded, you're unstable. And one of the things that I found about I like the black background. <laughs> yeah, it makes the words stand out for you to see clearer. When you're here, sometimes the light makes it so so much. Okay, so he says, the double-minded is unstable in all of his ways. Okay, let me read. Being a double-minded man. Okay, amplify. Unstable and restless in all his ways, in his ways, sorry. In everything he thinks, he feels, and or decides. I like the amplified. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the double-minded, actually, the word I saw for double-minded is the word for one who has two souls. And I was surprised. Hey, like a human being, they should have one soul. Where from the other soul? <laughs> Where from the other soul is my question I, I want to ask us. I, mean, I, did, I, did, I don't know where it came from. I'm asking us, where from the other soul? And, <laughs> and I think it's the, it's the devils who is, who, who is giving the extra soul because I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> the projection and the things the devil is saying probably could be the other soul. So he says that the double-minded is unstable Unstable and restless in all his ways. In everything he thinks, he feels, or desires. I like how he qualifies it because he, he made it known that he's talking about the soul. Because he wrote thinks, feels, and decides. So these are things of the soul. The soul is what you think, what your will, and your emotions. As I said, what you think, what you feel, or what you decide. Hallelujah. So this is the condition of the double mind of the person who doubts. He's a double-minded. He has two souls. When he's taking a decision, so A is saying, I want to go here. So B is also saying, why are you going this way? Let's pass here. <laughs> and that's, the, that's the, the picture the scripture gives about someone who has doubt. And it's, I don't think something, it's a, it's a, just looking at the definition alone, it's not a good place to be. Yeah, to have two souls, no. You are becoming something else. Hallelujah. James now solved this same issue. I like how he solves this issue about having double souls. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 8. Chapter 4, verse 8. Verse 8. 
So he was talking about we purifying our soul. Okay. He says, Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. He says, Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful heart. Hmm. You double minded people. Let me see it in the King James where I read it from. There's something I'm looking for. I see. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your heart. So, I'm not talking about all the starting. The part that interests me is where he says that, and purify your heart, ye double-minded. So, he's trying to give a solution to what the double-minded can do to cleanse himself of being double-minded. And he says that the person has to purify his heart. Purify, he says, purify your heart, ye double-minded. Interestingly, when I look at the word heart, it's not spirit as it's supposed to be. But he's still talking about the same thing, soul. The word soul. So he says, purify your soul, ye double-minded. Let me read something I wrote here. The soul is the same word for cardia, which means your feeling and your mind. So that's why the King James in the other passage use the word your mind, your feelings. Yes. So it's, it's the same word, isn't it? But I like the, what he said at the beginning, purify your soul. There's something called the purification of the soul. God purifies the heart. Okay. When you, are, when you give your life to Christ, when you become born again. Your, your, your spirit is sanctified. It's made holy. Perfect. Every good you can think. God has, whatever you can think about God, God has just done it for that spirit. But when it comes to your soul and your body, there is a working we need to do. So he says, we should purify our soul. We should purify our soul. Ye double-minded. So that is why when you read Romans chapter 12, it talks about the renewing of the mind, which is the soul, the same thing. The renewal of the soul as a Christian. I'm talking, we are still on the two. Hallelujah. So he says, the way to solve the issue of the doubt when it comes to the believer's life is to purify, purify, purify that, 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 that soul of yours. Your soul talks about your mind and your feeling. How do you purify your, your mind and your feelings? Through hearing of the word of God like this, hearing the word about faith, you, your mind just get transformed by the word that you are hearing. You're like, okay, I'm doing the thing like this way. Let me, I saw something on Blessing Status and I liked it. It says something about you calling yourself, I'm a hustler. <laughs> yes. It is one of the things that the devil is pushing because it makes up your mind. Your mind, you, you, as a Christian, you think that I have to hustle. That is one of the ways to purify because when you hear the word of God, you, you, you kind of, pastor, keep on telling us, we don't have to, Struggle to do the hardest of work to get the hardest of, or to get the best of this world. No. So if you call yourself a hustler, it means that you are actually going a, contrary to what pastor is preaching. And that is one of the way of, you not if you don't want to prefer it, so you just keep the word, the word words, the thing the word says into your mind. And that is not who you are. Hallelujah. To prefer your soul is to keep putting the right thoughts, the word of God, pushing it into your mind. Keep looking at it. Hallelujah. You are purifying your soul by just doing that. Just looking at the word. Just studying the word. Just reading. Hallelujah. I keep on saying that's the magic. It's like a ma I keep on telling the assassins. It's, a, it's just a magic. You don't know how. It, sorry for using the word magic. <laughs> but it's. I don't know how it happens. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah. Just reading your word. The Lord finds a way of just cleansing us, purifying us. You know, all just comes from the word of God. So it says, 
purify your mind and your feelings. Yes, and I like the second part where it says the feelings. You, <laughs> our feelings need to be purified. <laughs> Hallelujah. As Christians, our feelings need to be purified. Otherwise, your feelings can inform, can it will, it will create some kind of um, dent on your mind because you, you will not see fully what God has for you. Because your feeling can lead you to, a set, to certain places in life. It can lead you. Hey, if you follow your feelings eh, this Christmas, what do you do? <laughs> if you follow your feelings, hey. <laughs> hallelujah. There's supposed to be a purification somewhere. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I don't want to talk about the feelings tomorrow as the things we'll be mentioning. <laughs> it's <be> dangerous. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because your soul, if if you are if you are, if if you get born again, your soul is getting born again. To the time you die, you are, you, are, you are working on your soul. So the things that you were doing whilst you were born again, it will still be there in your soul. Yeah, if if you were doing something else and you, before you give your life to Christ, it doesn't just vanish. Sometimes mirac- miraculously, the Lord takes it away. But usually, some of them are there. And you have to work it out from your spirit, the things that has been done already in you, to come out. Or hearing the word of faith, teachings, constant teachings, and those things take them away. Hallelujah. Let me leave the feelings there before we, 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 we start going to some waters. Hallelujah. So the second definition I saw about doubt is the word inadequacy, feeling of inadequacy. Some people feel they are not too qualified for anything in life. They, I don't know where, probably they feel like they've not gotten a kind of education, a kind of standing in life. So they bring themselves low, feeling of inadequacy. And whilst I was looking to the scriptures, I saw that this was um, the life of somebody called Gideon. In scriptures, when the Lord came to him, what he wanted him to lead the people of God. Ah, then you told him, Gideon, you mighty man of as a man. <laughs> he didn't see himself as what God said he was, or what the hallelujah. Let's look at Judges. Let's just read one scripture. Judges 6:15. J- oh, Gideon, welcome. Just when I mentioned your name. <laughs> Judges 6:15. Feeling in that inadequacy, it will make you doubt God. It will make you doubt God. If, yes, if you feel inadequate in yourself about what God wants you to do, no matter the scriptures we bring, because of that feeling of inadequacy, you boycott every scripture we bring. Yeah, so you need to deal with the feeling of, I am not there. They are here and I am here. No, no. They've gone to school and I have not gone to school. So, um, I can't do what they are doing. No. No, it's not so in life. Judges 6.15 And he said unto him, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor. This is some, someone talking. My family is poor in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. Let's end it here because we can't read a lot. <laughs> Far be it from any one of us. Say, Lord, deliver me. <laughs> Far be it for me. My family can't be poor. 
See, my fa- I, I can't be the least in my father's house. I am the top in Jesus' name. This is because even when he had the physical manifestation of an angel, this the Lord says you are the mighty one of our Lord. Say, no, no, no. Hey, the Lord has come with all his brilliance. You know, I mean, this. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you need to deal with that feeling. Otherwise, one here, one day when Jesus appeared to you in your dream, you say the same thing. <laughs> Jesus, who am I for you? To... <laughs> Someone said, oh, come on. <laughs> you don't, don't mind them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, Doubt can make you feel inadequate in anything. And that was a story of Gideon. But we are delivered from the fear of doubt. From the spirit of doubt in the name of Jesus. The spirit of doubt will not have a place in our lives. Because we see ourselves as who God sees us. Praise Jesus. We are the best. Hallelujah. We are the best. The best of all God's Christians. It is, it is me. Hallelujah. I have all the wisdom of God. I lack no wisdom. When it comes to my business, the Lord gives me wisdom. And he puts me in a certain, in an, and he puts me in a certain criteria higher than someone who thinks he has even been in school. Hallelujah. Jacob experienced the same thing, you know, when the Lord showed him about what to do when he came to his business in wearing the goat, in taking care of the sheep, of the sheep, he gave him the wisdom. Hallelujah. But if you feel yourself, I can't do it. God can't even come in to show you anything. Hallelujah. So you are dealing with the spirit of doubt. Doubting your mind, doubting in your heart that, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Praise Jesus. So from tonight, I hope whichever doubt we have, we are going to throw it away. Hallelujah. We can't feel inadequate at all. After all that Jesus Christ has come to do for us. No. No, we can't take any least position. Another definition of doubt is to be uncertain. To be uncertain is the third definition I saw. We will see that in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. About John the Baptist. Yeah. He was uncertain. The man gave us a serious prophecy about Jesus. He prophesied, this is the lamp of God. Who take care of the sin of the whole world? The Spirit have shown him and he declared it. Everybody heard it. But at a point in his life, Matthew chapter 11, let's see what this man said. Matthew chapter 11 verse 2 and 3. Now John had heard in the prison. Now this man had been taken to the prison. After he had spoken the word of God, he had declared, people have heard what he has said. About, about Jesus, that this is the Son of God. Because Jesus came for him to baptize and he spoke the word of revelation. Now John had heard in prison the work of Christ. He sent two of his disciples, verse 3, and said unto him, Are thou he that should come? Ah, isn't he the same person who said he should, he's the one who has come as a lamb? Now he's asking, Are thou <laughs> now, so the man is beginning to doubt. Doubt, you know, the spirit of doubt is coming. Are thou he that should 
come or do we look for another? The man is surprised. If you are the lamp of God, the Messiah who has come, I'm in prison. I mean, do something. <laughs> Let me know that truly you are the Messiah. <laughs> so working. <laughs> Jesus told him, you've seen them. Go back, tell him, you've seen me raise people from the dead. You've seen me do miracles. Go and tell him the one you've seen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So doubt can make you uncertain. Hallelujah. When it comes to your work with God, when it, don't give room for uncertainty. You know, this, these things come from friends and people around us. Because we have been taught the right word of God, the powerful word, a powerful word on faith. So when you come here and pastors taught you about strong word of faith, you've confessed and you go out and you meet one friend, <laughs> not two, one, a certain friend <laughs> with so much influence in your life. Then you start telling you certain things about that, things that, that, that is going on in Ghana. Yeah. Mm. Then there's uncertainty is coming in. It's rising. It's rising. Killing the faith. Oh, no. No. Then one day when Sofu just declares the word, then you remember what he said. Hmm. <laughs> A certain friend with uncertainties, creating uncertainties in your mind. No, 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 no. That's what the spirit of doubt does. Hallelujah. It makes you uncertain. Make you uncertain. You, you are, you are, you are, is it this or is it that? Is it this? Is the Lord going to prosper me or is it my business alone? Or I have to do, no, no, no. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, faith keeps your mind single. Keep, faith keeps your mind single on what you've declared or what you want or what you want to see. It's just one thing. But you see, doubt will bring in uncertainty and to make the options many, then you are now confused. No. No. Hallelujah. See, every form of uncertainty, every form of uncertainty, that want to come against the word of faith in my heart, in the name of Jesus, I clear every one of them in the name of Jesus. Say, I give no place to uncertainties. Say, I, I give no place to every word spoken which is against the word of God, which makes me uncertain. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. We shall give no place for uncertainty in our lives. Hallelujah. The fourth definition is the word for um, fourth, physical, the need for physical evidence. Now, the, the definition, this is just English definition, so this is not even there. The need for physical evidence. <laughs> John chapter 20, verse 25. The need for physical, the person wants physical evidence before. And that is what doubt can do. The person wants to see water. You say water, let me see you hold water before I believe. <laughs> the person is far from faith. John 20. So this is about Thomas. The Bible talks about the man Thomas, when we all know the story, Jesus appeared to the disciples. He wasn't there. Then they told him, how can this be true? I saw this man died before my eyes. How can he be correct? Me want to, God has told them that I'll rise again in, the, in, in, in three days. He, he, he spoke to them before 
the whole thing even unfolded. And even if you doubted Jesus worse, maybe I spoke maybe a Chekaka, your friends, those that you were with, they, they told you that Jesus appeared to us and this happened, this and this happened. And man said, no, 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 still cry, I don't believe you. And John, let me read, John 20, 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. Yeah, this his own friends telling him. But he said unto them, no, I don't believe you. Go. Oh, except I see. He want to see first. Pastor has spoken about your marriage. He has spoken about your, the car you have. He has spoken about your academics. He has spoken about your different aspects of your life. Just name it. But he says, I want to see it before. Oh. Oh, brethren. <laughs> brethren. What's the with tree? <laughs> Except I see in his hands the print in the nails. I put my finger into the print of the nails. <laughs> the scene wasn't enough. <laughs> the person he says, Do you want to put your hands into the head place? You want the sword to be. <laughs> And thrust my hand into his sides. Hey, I will not believe. Hey, see seriously, I will not believe what can unless I see, unless I touch it, unless I hold it, I will not believe. Please. This is a serious form of doubt. It's a serious form of doubt. Physical evidence. You are talking about spiritual things. You are seeing physical evidence. Because the things were first made in the spiritual. The things were first made in the spiritual. And that is where we are drawing them from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are drawing the things. Because faith draws the things from the realm which is unseen. To the realm which is seen. And that is what we are doing when we, say, when we are talking about faith. So when we let doubt set in, it will bring in the form of, I need physical evidence. No, 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 no. No. Let not, let not that be part or said of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe whether we've seen it or not. Hallelujah. Whether, sorry, whether we have the physical evidence or not, we believe it and we know that by faith it will come to pass. Why? Not because it is us, but because the word of God has said so. Hallelujah. The last definition I saw about doubt is lack of absolute trust. Lack of absolute trust. Matthew chapter 14. Yeah, lack of absolute trust. Matthew 14, verse 29. This is sin about Peter. Yes, Matthew 14, 29. Okay, then he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I hope you remember this story. Yeah, so he walked. Jesus was walking on the water. And he, I mean, the disciples saw him and he called. Peter was like, oh, should I come? Jesus, oh, come. So let's go. Verse 30. So we are going 31. But when he saw the wind, boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried. So do you know where the thing started? When he saw. <laughs> that was where his whole thing, the whole thing, uh, when he saw. But believe, previously he was seeing, but he was seeing Jesus. But later, his mind was seeing something else. Yeah. 
Now the man has changed from the spiritual evidence to the physical evidence. <laughs> you want to also travel and go to uh, vacations in Seychelles. But you want to see the physical evidence. Hey, you know, Nyanko, you. We come and say, VGD. No, Nyanko, Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay, so let's read it. Let's finish the scripture. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sing, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Mm. He asked for help. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hands and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Oh, so the doubt issue cast come in here. Hallelujah. We are not giving no place to doubt. Hallelujah. We are not giving no place to doubt. We are not giving no place to lack of faith. No, 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 no. You know, the, the faith thing came easily for Peter initially. Just looking unto Jesus. The Bible says looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Just looking. Just looking. Keep your gaze. That's all. Keep your mind on Jesus. It's as simple as that. Keep your mind on and just take your mind from all that is going on. That's why we keep telling you. Why, why are you watching so many news? So many. Why are you watching all of them? Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's keeping your mind on something. Yeah. Yeah. UTV, I know I call City. From City, no I call Joy. Then three hours now, you know. So many will not, will not do anything to you, you know. And they just, just read the headlines and go away. Yeah, I think some, something is better that way than, yeah. Hallelujah. So lack of absolute trust. And it comes when you just take your eyes off Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why the first thing you have to do, join the commanding your day. As we, as we are praying, you are you you keeping your, your, your eye fixed on Jesus. It's, it's structured that strategizing your day you know you are, you are strategizing your focus on that on for the day how you want the day to go you are keeping your eyes on jesus hallelujah so that when other things come in oh no but by, by then my eyes are already fixed on jesus hallelujah see my eyes are fixed on jesus my mind is fixed on jesus even my feelings are based on jesus <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord can see we are strategizing our life. Oh. Yeah, we are strategizing our life that we are fixing your life. You don't, you don't get this thing outside, outside the church. No, which other group will teach you these things? No. Hallelujah. But you know, when it comes to doubt, doubt is different from unbelief. Yes. Doubt is different from unbelief. A Christian will doubt. But a Christian, the place of unbelief is not for you, the Christian. You've already believed. So you are not going to now enter into unbelief. No, no, no. So when you see unbelief in scripture, it's usually not talking about you. It's talking about um, someone who is not born again. Okay. Example is in, did uh, I even write it? I didn't want to even talk about it, but let me just make sure that, so should in case you are reading your scriptures and you see it, hey, but, uh, no, 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 it's not for you. Roman, I think it's somewhere in Romans. Romans 11, yes, I wrote it somewhere here. Romans eleven thirty. 11.30 Romans 11.30 <clears throat> There's another one too in Hebrew chapter 6 somewhere 
We're talking about Hebrews 4 6. He says, For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. So he's talking about the unbelief of the Jews. Uh-huh. If not, they didn't believe in Jesus. So he's talking about, um, he says, as in time past, ye, he's talking about, as in time past, ye, for us, ye in time past have not believed God. He's talking about we Gentiles. Time past, we didn't believe in God. Yet have now obtained mercy through the unbelief of the Jews. Huh. So their unbelief, they're not believing in Jesus. So the person who doesn't believe in Jesus, he's walking in unbelief. Like the Muslim and other religions, religious groups, they don't believe in Jesus. So they are walking in unbelief. But you as a Christian, when you doubt what God has for you, his promises, we call it doubt. Okay? Hallelujah. Let me give one remedy so that we pray. Remedy to, to, com- to counteract. Yeah. Counteract every form of doubt. It's just one. <laughs> Interesting. Just one. <laughs> Let me give a scenario so that we can draw the, some points from it. I was just thinking about my son again. Last week, I sh- <laughs> Last week I shared another one for my son. This, I think parenting gives you a lot of <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> I told my son, oh, I'll buy you. You know, sometimes when I pick it from school, you want to buy something. Oh, I'll buy this for you tomorrow. Don't worry. Tomorrow, I'll buy this for you. I'll buy this for you. I'll buy this for you. Sana, I will not dream of It doesn't leave their mind, though. Hey, he promised a child. No, 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 no. He, he, he will remind you when you get there the full end. So I realized that when I tell him and we are going, the morning when I'm taking him to school and we get to the same place, or even before we even get there, then he starts reminding me the things I said yesterday that I'll buy when I, I come to the shop. Oh, dad, you said, dad, you said you buy me this, you buy me that, you buy me that. I said, okay, I said I'll buy you, buy you. Let's go to school and come back. <laughs> I realized that, I realized that, you know, when, I'm, when I pick him and I'm coming back to, I come with another person, I pick another then you start telling him the things that daddy said you buy for me. He's narrating the things, oh. Daddy says, you buy me, you buy me this, you buy me that, you buy me this. Then, you me, Then he's, like, the way he's talking is like, he, like, he's, he's already having it. Daddy says, you buy me this. The one I get, I'll not give you this. I'll not give you that, I'll not give you that. And I'm looking at him in Tomano, but we believe you are there, no. <laughs> <laughs> we believe in easy, simple. I say, hey, you don't even know my pocket. <laughs> we believe you one time. See me narrating how when daddy buy you, he's not going to give his friend. See me narrating how he's going to enjoy it. I, I think that is faith. When I think about it, it tells me it's faith. It tells me someone who doesn't doubt. It's an attitude of attitude to overcome doubt. Just having the mind of a child when you are relating to God. When you come before God, just take that mind. Look, if you have another mind and you come to God, just throw it away. Just throw it away and just 
That's why I said that it's a miracle to just read the scriptures. Yeah, it's a miracle. Because as you read, you realize that the thoughts of God are coming to you. I keep saying that sometimes when you, you read one thing here, it, keep, it will connect you to something you've read here. It will connect to something you've read here. It will be connected. You don't know how God is doing it. Then you'll be, it'll be telling you certain things about your life which you don't even know. Yes. Yes. When you come to God, He gives you His mind. He gives you His faith. His faith, the faith of God. He, the faith that He has as God. He gives it to you. That's why the Bible says that have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. Hallelujah. One of the ways to kill doubt in your life, kill the spirit of doubt, have the mind when you come to God of a child. What does a child do? Let me write. I wrote some of the things. I think I said it, but let me just read it out to you. I said, the child takes hold of me, my promises. He, 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 he has taken hold of it. I wrote that he talks about it. Talk about your faith. Pastor says something here and you think you like it. It's a powerful scripture. Sometimes to boost your faith. When you miss certain friends, you think this one do not talk about scripture. Oh, Charlie boy, I see something for scripture. Make me read. <laughs> talk about it. Talk about it. If you find someone, just talk about it. Don't let the person bring his news to you. You to pick, bring your news to the person. Oh yes. Talk about it. Brag about it. Because my son will brag how his father is going to buy this. <laughs> He's going to brag about it. So brag about it. And I wrote it. You know, one of the ways to easily live out spiritual, spiritual principles and spiritual things, just, just start bragging about them. <laughs> it has, it's so simple. Though. Just start bragging about it as if you have it. Because you are, you are you're actually walking in faith when you do that. You are bragging about what you want and what you are expecting from God. You start bragging. God will look at you and be like, no, this guy is different. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I think to that, my son did. He sees the thing in his eye. We a picture color, no? A picture how the thing comes with. Um, a balloon at, at the back, a simple lollipop with a balloon. That they will blow the balloon for me. Hey, you blow the balloon for me. One of the two easily killed out. See the thing in your mind. I'm believing the Lord for a fine marriage. See the marriage in your mind. See it in your mind. A fine marriage. Calculate it. Just take pictures. When you see someone's wedding in your in your Instagram, take pictures. Screenshot, say in the corner. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You are, if you do that, you have started living the faith life. Yeah, it's so simple to live a faith life. If a child can live it, I mean, it's so simple. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is a life of faith. This is a simple walk of faith. It's, it's simple. I call it a simple walk of faith. Praise Jesus. I, I'm, 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 unfortunately, I have to end soon because we need to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wrote it that, you know, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it's my last scripture. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, talks about how people count God to be slow when it comes to his promises. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He's not. <laughs> I like the word slack. Now, go on slack, Ekra. As some men count slackness. You think God is delayed, but God doesn't count it as. Don't. No, no, no. Don't say. Don't, 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 don't say it. Don't, don't say it's a slowness. You don't know what he's doing. I have no idea what he's doing for you. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. So sometimes if you say, God is not delay as I am counting delay. It's actually counting for my good. It's actually amassing for my good. He's preparing something great for my good. Hallelujah. But it's long suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Hallelujah. God is never slack. See, when God is never slack when it comes to me. God is never slack in everything, in anything I have believed Him for. Hallelujah. I believe. I was, as I was thinking about him and thinking about this scripture, I told myself that sometimes, probably the only reason sometimes God, we may think he's slow or slack when it comes to certain promises, is probably because of maybe some legal grounds he's trying to, you know, he, he's supposed to be a just God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes when you ask something, he's supposed to satisfy all legal grounds. So when he delivers to you, even the devil can say no. Yeah. I, mean, I think probably that's the only reason. He, he's satisfying every legal grounds for you. And he'll make it perfect in his time. That's why the Bible says that in this time, he makes all things, all things beautiful. Praise Jesus.